That incredible drama that unfolded in Alabama this week. David, you spoke exclusively with the family of Ethan. They are so grateful to have their little boy home, Elizabeth, as you know. Tonight, the first video of Ethan after being rescued and his sixth birthday party. And tonight, right here, the FBI reveals why they thought Ethan was about to die. Why they made that call to move in and save the boy when they did. Few had ever heard of Midland City, Alabama, a peaceful southern town, population 2300, a town that relies on its faith. And no one here ever dreamed that faith would be tested after what happened on an ordinary school bus at the end of an ordinary school day would set off a six-day siege of terror. It all began when bus driver Chuck Poland, 66 years old, known for calling the school children his kids, brought the bus to a halt, flagged down by Jimmy Lee Dykes, who lived along the bus route. Dykes would immediately make demands. He wanted two of the children on that bus, and sitting up front in his favorite seat, a five-year-old named Ethan. Tell me where Ethan was sitting, and did he usually have a name tag on his seat? He had a name tag up here where it said Ethan. Terrica Singletary was on the bus with Ethan. She showed us where she was sitting in the back. This she could hear those are. terrifying demands up front. You said he kept threatening. And what was he saying? He said, I harm y'all, I don't care. I just want two kids. It sounded like he was finna really kill us. I was like, she showed us how she and the other children crouched behind their seats, her fingers to her ears, afraid gunshots were coming. And as the driver tried to throw the bus in reverse, he was shot several times. He was dead. And the gunman grabbed the first child he could get to, little Ethan. Child is on the line with us and just passed by the the children watched as Dykes pulled Ethan away. And they knew they had to get themselves off that bus, back through that front door, walking past the bus driver, Mr. Poland, who was slumped in his seat. And by then, Ethan was gone. The shooter, Jimmy Lee Dykes, had taken him onto his property and down through a hatch into a bunker he'd made himself. 2020 obtaining this video from the neighbor across the street, the first moments after police arrived. The entire neighborhood under lockdown and Rhonda Wilbur, who lives across from Dykes, got a frantic text from her husband and son who were still at home. The text said, Mean man finally did it. He shot the bus driver. So people who lived all around here call him mean man. Yes. We're hearing bus driver dead, one kid hostage. Right. And by then, Ethan was down yeah. in the bunker. The mean man, as they all called him, Jimmy Lee Dykes, was a man neighbors had grown to fear. A decorated Navy veteran, he'd grown suspicious of the government. He was known for his rants, and he was always carrying a gun. He usually had by him at least a rifle and a shovel. You thought for years hmm? he was a ticking time bomb. Yes. I don't think that there's a single person on the road that he didn't threaten to kill at one point or another. He threatened to kill you? Yes, he, thre he threatened to kill us all, yes. Now he was underground in that primitive bunker, just six by eight feet with Ethan, who we would all soon learn is autistic. Not only was his mother terrified for his safety, she was terrified how he might react held underground by a stranger. You believe he had planned to take a child into that bunker? Yes, 
He had a very specific plan. He was very methodical, very detailed, and through our communications with the negotiators, he was very proud of his plan. That plan was just now playing out. The only way into that bunker, a trap door at the top. SWAT teams and negotiators began the careful task of trying to get Ethan out. Their only way to communicate it first, through a ventilation pipe into the bunker. This time, we have no reason to believe that the child has been harmed. Pray. Pray. They could hear Dykes, and they could hear Ethan, too, his crying. Could you hear Ethan upset? You could hear him upset and stuff. Crying? Yes. And for Ethan's mother, anguish. She could not hold her, Ethan, the boy who loved to be hugged. How do you tell a mother that it's going to be okay when her boy is in that bunker? She asked me this question. She said, Pastor, what have I done wrong? Ethan's older brother, Cameron, never leaving their mother's side, speaking to 2020 for the first time. One of the hardest things for your family was, was not being able to hug him because Ethan loves to be hugged, right? That's correct. And it was very hard not to be able to physically touch him and hug him and, you know, really be there for him. The shooter Negotiators could also hear something else, a TV on in the bunker. They knew it was another way to reach Dykes. The country was watching when you came out and you said, thank you for taking care of our child. I want to thank him for taking care of our child. You were talking to him? Yes, I was talking directly to him. So you knew exactly what you were doing in saying that? Yes, sir. You were trying to keep him calm? Yes, sir. They were also trying to keep Ethan calm, convincing Dykes to allow them to drop in his medicine, his coloring books, a toy car, a toy dinosaur, even Cheez-Its crackers. And how would they get those items in? Not through the pipe, but through the hatch at the top of the bunker. They were told to leave them there in order to get away and he would reach out and grab the stuff. Mm. And they would listen for Ethan's reaction to the toys. Those were the only moments of joy. Yeah. But the clock was running and the hours had turned into days. The team frantically looking for more ways to watch Dykes, convincing him to allow a cell phone in. There was overhead surveillance and somehow they had sneaked a camera into the bunker too. The FBI won't say how they got it in or how much they could actually see. You could hear what was going on in the bunker. I can just tell you we had a really good idea of what was going on in, inside the bunker. And because they knew what was unfolding in that bunker, it allowed the team to send text messages to Ethan's mother, his family, and those messages were enough to keep them going. And we didn't know when at times he was asleep. And that was normally around nine o'clock at night. So they would at least be able to tell you he's gone to bed for the night? Yes. We normally get a text or something that he had fallen asleep. Was that at least some comfort? That was actually a lot of comfort where I could actually go lay my head down. Dykes was demanding a reporter and a camera be sent in so that he could send out a message. But his motive still unclear. Authorities knew that option would not work and they were at work at a makeshift bunker, practicing not far from the real bunker where Ethan was being held. You know that if you rush anything, you do anything the wrong way, his life is in danger. As the days wore on, nearly a week now in that bunker, Dykes was deteriorating. Suddenly so fast, they feared he would spiral out of control. How close do you think his mother was to losing Ethan? I thought he was gonna die. We all thought he was gonna die. 
He made it clear he was going to harm Ethan? He made it very clear that he was going to execute his plan, and that was the day.